I am excited to be here. Thank the Lord that we're making history preaching for the first time in Edgerton. And I feel like moving out here and running through the fields with you. But the Lord just won't let me do it. Uh, we, my beautiful wife, come up here. This is my beautiful wife, Erica Glenn. And after service, I'm going to show all of you our prom picture we took 25 years ago. <laughs> we have a long history, and we have six children together. We adopted a couple of our oldest, two were adopted, and the Lord has richly blessed us. We're grandparents, and now we can't count the children in the community where we are because they drift in and out of our house and we don't know whose kids are there. We just wake up and ask, how did you get in here? <laughs> so we are really one of those community churches. We call our house Grandma's House because everyone come and they can find a meal there. They can come and find shoes and clothes and everything. I was talking to one of the couples. They were just making comments and I said, you wouldn't believe how we thrift store shop to find clothes that all of these kids can have in the community. We live very close to the plaza area downtown, so we hold hands and walk through the plaza and we look at the beautiful things in the stores and then we run out to the thrift stores and make sure we find them so we look just like we've been shopping on the plaza. <laughs> Amen, church. Now that's our secret. Amen? So I'm so excited. Now today we are with our beautiful group that we've come together with what if the church? And what we want to talk about is that video that you did see. There are so many children in foster care that are in state custody that need homes. I want to minister to you and two whole different messages to address that issue and how we are so empowered to become a part of change in the community. We are so empowered to become a part of change. How many know the Bible says that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ, ambassadors of the kingdom? Now, as an ambassador, you are to represent a country. We are to represent our Father's kingdom as citizens and ambassadors. Now, we are here in the earth realm. We're not having a natural experience. We are spiritual people. Let me rephrase that. We are spiritual people here having a natural experience. But one day we're going back to the country we're from. One day we're going back to be with our Father God. One day we're all going back and live with him forever. So the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit needs a body. And we are the body of Christ and Jesus Christ is the head of the church. So there are some things I want to point out to you in the Word of God that I pray that it will touch your heart, prick your heart, and let you look at yourself in a whole totally different way as an ambassador from our Father's kingdom. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Romans chapter 8, uh, in our community where we are, and I'm not totally sure about the community here, but in our community where we are, we get a chance to see, talk to, visit, love on, and care for a lot of these children that are in foster care. Uh, they come through the neighborhood, and they're in different homes of families within the church. And, you know, we 
wake up one Sunday morning and one of the families are bringing in new kids we've never seen, never talked to, never heard, but we've got to be loved for them. Jesus said, there's one thing that's going to make men know you're my disciples. How many know what that is? Come on, say it loud. By our love. We will be known as ambassadors of love. What does love do? God is love. Well, what does love really do? Love comes to change your current situation and bring all the beauty out of it and then engraft you into a whole new atmosphere or baptize you into a whole new atmosphere that tells you and gives you the power and strength that you can become love no matter where you are, no matter who you're with, you can become an agent of love for that person boom, and totally change their life. Do you believe that? Okay, I want you to do something with me. Look around. Look, look at somebody behind you. No, don't, now, don't do this with someone you came to church with. Look behind you and tell somebody, I love you with the love of the Lord. You see how that brought joy? You see how that changed an atmosphere? The word love, the very agent of love, changes atmospheres. But the enemy that wants to come against our Father's kingdom wants to distort love, twist love, change love, have us walk in hate based on a lot of differences we have, and that's not our Father's kingdom. In the end, he's going to inherit all nations. In the end, there's going to be souls coming from all nations. All nations. So when you choose to just become an agent of love from your home, from your home, from your home, the world will know we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. Now one more time, shout at me, Pastor Terry, we sure do love you. Oh, I felt that one about right here. Come on, let me feel it all the way up. Come on, say it to me. I feel it now. I feel like I'm home now. We make sure every day we're telling people we love you with the love of the Lord. At the grocery store, you'll get good discounts at stores when you tell people you love them. And my wife said, you're going to have to stop that. I go to the different stores and the cashier is there and I said, has anyone told you they love you today? Anyone told you they appreciate you today? Let me give you a big hug. And somehow I just end up getting discounts on everything. <laughs> love makes a difference for the agent and for the one receiving. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to walk through this a little bit and let you get a clear understanding of who we've become as sons and daughters of God. Romans chapter 8, let's look at verse number 14. If you could put that on the screen, please. And uh, would you do this one thing with me? When Jesus Christ returns, according to Revelations chapter 19, He's going to return as the word of God. Revelations 19 and 13 says he returns as the word of God. And when he comes to return, judgment first is going to come at the house of God. So he's here now as we come in and bring him in through the word. Let's all stand and greet the king as we read his word and receive him. Okay? Oh, can you do that? 
I'm going to read this one and then you may be seated. It reads in verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby ye cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorified, be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You may be seated. Somebody shout, we are children of God. Come on, let me hear you say it. We are children of God. Now, I'm one of those preachers, you got to preach back at me to make me keep going. If I say it and it feels good to you, say it back to me. And we'll keep moving and we'll have a good time. Somebody shout, we are children of God. We are children of God. And we are joint heirs, are joint heirs. with Christ Jesus. Christ. Tell your neighbor behind you, you're going to inherit the Father's kingdom. Wait a minute, we're joint heirs with him, aren't we? If we're joint heirs with him, one day we all inherit the Father's kingdom. But let me tell you those who really are going to inherit that kingdom, those who can be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit empowers us to change environments. He empowers us to change difficult, hard places that look like everyone should give up on that place. The Holy Spirit comes to bring change in the life, not only of those of us who receive him, because we give him our body to work through, but then he starts to change the whole environment around you. Now, where we moved, where we are in the inner city, our kids, when we adopted our first two and the four that we had, we had to leave the inner city, bring the two we adopted to the suburbs, to um, Raytown. Because they had been born and raised in inner city and they were just in survival mode. And they just gravitated to trouble. Just gravitated to trouble. So my wife said, honey, we, we've got we to make some changes. So we found a home, got them into Raytown School District. And just the change of that environment, we had to pay a different price for it. We had to believe God for the finances for that house. We just had to believe God and say, God, these are yours. This is what you want. We're going to do it. And long story short, our son was 15. He had just had a bullet taken out of his head when we got him. Two months after he got out of the hospital, at 15, with a bullet coming out of his head, God kept him, saved him. He was totally saying no problems or issues at all. I would kind of question that a little bit, but... They said he was all good. He graduated at the top of his class. They had a big write-up right in the middle of the yearbook about him. He graduated with his CNA license. But we had to take him and love him back into childhood. He wanted to change our phone system in the home from uh, 
Roadrunner uh, on the computer. I mean, he just went about changing stuff. And I'm like, what are these bills? What, what is, when did we do this? Well, he had just gone about being in survival mode to save us money. And we had to convert him back. Look, we'll provide the money. We want you to be a child. So the car his grandmother had given him that he drove from Nashville all the way to Kansas City by himself, no driver's license. I don't know how he made it. The tires on that car looked like onions. They were so bald. But he made it because he thought he was going to die if he stayed in Kansas City. So my wife said, you know what? We're not going to go through all the red tape. We're not going to go through all that paperwork. We're just going to adopt him. We're going to take him in. And then we also, we got his sister first. Then we got him. So after getting him back into being a child and him graduating and him coming out of school, we really didn't know that we had become such agents of change. We just did it because it was the right thing to do. We just walked in and said, we got to take this kid. We got, we, we got to do it. But the spirit of adoption was on us, according to Romans 8 and 14, and we didn't even know the spirit of adoption was on us. When you receive the spirit of God, you receive the spirit of adoption. So let's give you the definition of adoption. Adoption. Listen carefully. To take on another's child and engraft them as your own. The Father God took on us and engrafted us as his own. That he's taken all the limits off of our life now, how many have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? You've also received the spirit of adoption. That's a good place to clap your hands and say amen. <laughs> now, it's vision. It takes a lot of vision to become a person who will foster or adopt or support families who foster and adopt. It takes a lot of vision because it seems like you're taking trouble. It seems like you're engrafting issues, and you are. But you've got to know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The power of love will change everyone. The power of love will do a work in their lives that cannot be erased. So in the midst of adopting these two, uh, I had a chance to go to West Africa. I met a pastor there and uh, did a conference and did a whole thing for a mission trip that I was not supposed to do, but the person who was supposed to go couldn't go, so they paid for me to go. So I get there and I meet this young man pastoring a church, wonderful young man, and my adopted daughter, who is our oldest, she was just so desiring to be married. So when I met this young man, he was single and he was just on fire for God. I said, Wow, she married someone. I'd really like for it to be this guy. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> so he asked to see my family, and I showed him my family on Facebook, and he saw my daughter, and he says, oh, my God, how old is she? <laughs> I said, she's 24. Is she married? No, she's not married. I believe this is my wife. <laughs> 
I said, oh, Lord. Get back home. And uh, before I could get back home, she loves Africa so much. She is so in love with the country or continent of Africa. She got fired from her job because she couldn't go to Africa with me. She went to work mad, banging on her desk, hanging up on the uh, customers calling in, and they, they just cut her loose and said, it's over. What's, what's the matter with you? So my wife told me, she says, she got fired from her job. I said, honey, I know it's because her heart is in Africa. She really wants to be there. Well, the following year, this pastor came to America. We hosted him. He lived in the little apartment above the church. And somehow he ended up wiggling his way all the way to our house and staying at our house for a few weeks. And one day, here the two of them come to talk to me and say, we're in love and we want to get married. I said, you haven't even known each other three months. But how many know sometimes God's ways are not our ways? His thoughts are not our thoughts. Well, I had to foot the bill and try to find out how to get them to married, buy a wedding dress, buy a cake, and do all. None of this plan, not even six months. But God provided, and now they're on our third grandchild. She lives over in West Africa in Benin. She's happy as she can be. She says, I don't need a zip code in America to be happy and be valid in my father's kingdom. She adopted the country of Africa. She adopted the city of Benin as her home. And she's so happy. But while I was there, I, 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 it, it changed my life forever to see how people live so broken and so without, but they're so happy because they love our Lord. They can go to church all day. I tell, we preached and we danced all day over there, but they loved it. Why? Because the spirit of adoption is on them. Every child in the village gets fed. Every child in the vid village, no matter who it is, they come and create that community for each other. We have received the spirit of adoption. How many know you're being led by the spirit from day to day? You had those moments when the spirit of God led you to drive one way or go one way or call one person or do something and, and it just amazes you how that you're being led by the Spirit sometimes and you don't even know it. This is called the spirit of adoption. We can adapt. We can become so creative. Now, let me have a, a father and a son. It, let me see a dad in here. Is your son with you? Somebody that have one of their sons with them. Can you bring one of your sons up here? Come on up here, please, and help me today. Give the Lord hand for these great young men here coming. <laughs> Come on up. Now, if you'll go to the book of Acts chapter 17, go to Acts chapter 17. This is what my son and I look like. His son is taller than him. This is what I look like when I go get in front of people with my son. He's 6'2", and I'm 6'1", and he's 16 years old, and he thinks he's the boss. I said, son, your height does not give you any more authority. Let's make sure we understand that correctly. Now, look at this. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought, to, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven image of men's devices. Now, look at this. Tell me your name again. Mitch. Mitch, is he your offspring? Yeah. 
first offspring. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus Christ became the first offspring of God. What did the scripture just say? We are the offspring of God. So everything in Mitch, all the creative ability in Mitch, all the smarts, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, everything that's going to make this young man, the great leader he's going to be one day, Mitch transfers that to him because that's his offspring. His wonderful, royal, healthy blood is running through this young man. Say amen, church. Amen. So then a generation begins here with the offspring of Mitch. Jesus Christ, being the first offspring, said by my blood when you come and be led by the spirit and get born again and receive the spirit of adoption then we become the offspring of God somebody ought to give him a praise and a hallelujah right there thank you Mitch now look over at your neighbor and tell him we are the offspring of God we are children of God Oh, it's so quiet in the church today. Come on. Are we the offspring of God? So what did Jesus do when he was walking among the people? He healed them. Look at your neighbor and say, healing is with you. Will you release it and give it to the community? What did Jesus do? He became one that would help those who were in the poor state. Guess what we're to do when we become the offspring of God? We're to help the poor. So, what's your last name? So, Mitch Cunningham. What's your name? Michael? Michael Cunningham. He's a little Cunningham. That's a little Cunningham. That's a little Cunningham. That's a little Cunningham. And he has a, seven of them, he said. So he has seven little Cunninghams. <laughs> so if we're the offspring of God, we are little G-O-D. We are little G-O-D. Are we his offspring? So that creative ability that's in Mitch is in Michael because he's a little Cunningham. That's another good place to clap your hands and praise God. <laughs> Where's my time? Now I'm going to take you to Psalms chapter 82. Now this one is going to stir your feathers a little bit. You know what eagles do when their feathers start to bother them? They pluck them off because those feathers are stopping them from going higher. The sons and daughters of God should soar like eagles. So tell your neighbor, we're going to pluck off some of those old feathers today. Because we want you to go higher. Anybody want to go higher in God? Come on now, anybody want to go... I'm going to show you something in the Bible today 
that really blew me over, and I think I laid out on the floor for about two days when I read this. I couldn't believe it. Let's go to Psalms 82. It reads, God stand in the congregation of the mighty and judge among the little G-O-D. Verse 2, how long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah, meaning think on that. Go to the next one. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hands of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundation of the earth is out of course. I have said, ye are little. Uh-oh, three people said it. They're afraid to say it, Pete. I have said, ye are. Little Cunningham. Little G-O-D. And all are what? Children of the Most High God. Now. We're not God, but we're children of God. We're his offspring. We have no power except our Father give it to us. As Michael has no power except Mitch and his beautiful wife conceive and give him that power. As we are conceived in the Holy Spirit, then we become those little G.O.D.'s but when we don't follow through and get the earth round back in course by stepping up to the position we're supposed to be in as the head of the church, as a creative power of God, taking the limits off of God. He said, go into all the nations and preach the gospel. If we don't do that, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the prince. Arise, O God, and judge the earth, for thou hast inherited all nations." Tell somebody, I'm going to rise up and walk in this offspring of God that I am. you got to say it. I'm going to rise up. Now let's go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back to verse 5 and 6, 4, 5, and 6. Can you do that? Let's go to 3. There, defend the poor and fatherless. Deliver the poor and the needy. As little G.O.D.'s, we've got to replicate the work of our elder brother, Jesus Christ. He's our example. He's our example. We become the replicating sons of our elder brother. And you're the oldest, bro uh, oldest son? It's hard being an example sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> It's hard to carry the weight that all the younger brothers and sisters are looking to that older brother in obedience. They're looking to that older brother in submission. They're looking to that older brother as being the wisdom when dad's not around. I mean, I really beat up on my older brother because I knew he wasn't dad. How many times have we beat up on Jesus Christ, our older brother, not being obedient? Not defending the poor. 
not visiting and caring for the fatherless. And it told you if what, 3,600 are in foster care, 3,600 are in state custody, waiting for somebody to become the spirit of adoption for them. Bow your heads, close your eyes all over the building. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for releasing your spirit of adoption, for releasing, releasing the Father's fresh and creative anointing on us today. As your offspring, Lord, we believe that there is no other example other than that of you adopting us and making us heirs of your kingdom through Christ Jesus. We will take it on, we'll carry it out, and we'll follow the instructions of your word. Lord, let this word now prick the hearts of your people. That if we choose to walk in love, we become the agents of change in our community. If we choose to walk in love, we become the very agents of change for a child, for a family, for a community, for a church, for a country, because we choose to walk in love. Now, Lord, make the assignments clear in the life of these, your sons and daughters, because we are your offspring. All we ask is that you make our assignments clear. Speak to us and make our assignments clear for this community, for this region, for our cities, for the children, for the homes of the children, for the communities they grow in. We pray this and we believe, Lord, with you, all things are possible. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.